If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, like, and share so we can find others like yourself. BitcoinBasicsPodcast.com In fact, Bitcoin wouldn't work if you couldn't see and validate the other ledgers from the other people on the network. So by design, Bitcoin is public and open. It is decentralized, but it's also distributed, which means there's nothing to hide. Welcome to the Bitcoin Basics Podcast with your hosts Ferris, that's me, and Gordon from CoinCompass.com, enabling you to safely buy and securely store your Bitcoins. All resources are in the show notes and description, including our full disclaimer. Visit BitcoinBasicsPodcast.com to subscribe and discover other free content. Well, hello everyone. Welcome to another day of Bitcoin Basics Podcast. We are day 15 into our um, 30-day series, so we're exactly halfway through. Uh, The date today is the 6th of April, and I'm Ferris here with Gordon. And Gordon, can you give us the block height and Bitcoin price, please? Sure can. So the block height is 624,645 according to blockstream.info and the Bitcoin price in USD is $7,049 according to Bitstamp. Thank you, Gordon. And um, can you tell me what is today's question? What are we tackling? I could tell you, but how about I just play the question? Hi, my name is Kevin. I'm currently taking computer science under the IB diploma. And the question I had was about the security of the Bitcoin. Correct me if I'm right, but I believe that the Bitcoin is a peer-to-peer network in order for everyone to work. And I know that there is the SHA-256 that ensures the security of the network. And I was wondering uh, how you could explain more deeply into how, even though all networks are connected together, how it technically is more secure and how no one has access to each other's information, even though there is a peer-to-peer network. So, yeah. So this is actually a really tech-heavy question. So this is right along Gordon's alley. And what we're going to do is separate this question into two parts, and we're going to answer the second part first. So, Gordon, uh, please explain um, the two key uh, components of this question and why we're going to tackle the second part first. Yeah, so there's a lot to unpack in that question. And uh, this comes from a computer science student, which is absolutely amazing. And I'm pretty excited. So I won't go into a full lecture series and a whole semester in uh, basic cryptography. So the first part of the question looked at this something called SHA 256, which we'll get to in the second part. But the first part of the question looked at uh, peer-to-peer networks and um, privacy in terms of information sharing and what's being shared and uh, is that a problem, basically. So the question looked at why nobody has access to other people's information in a peer-to-peer network. And in several of our last podcasts, we've already covered this concept of a peer-to-peer network and decentralization. But this question is good because it really delves into the difference between distributed and a decentralized network. And unfortunately, a lot of people use these terms interchangeably, and they're not the same thing. 
So I was just thinking of how to explain it. And the best explanation is with an example. So we've really got this notion of centralized versus decentralized. And I think most people know what that is. And it's all about control. So, uh, for example, Facebook.com has a website and a server, and that is totally centralized. Your bank has a ledger. There's only one of those ledgers that's totally centralized because they control it. Bitcoin is obviously decentralized because no one has control. There are many, many miners, computers uh, attached to the network, and no single entity, no single one of them has control. But we have this notion of distributed and it's not the same as decentralization. So distributed means where is the data actually stored? So I'll give you three examples. And Faris, you might want to butt in if these don't make sense. The first example would be Facebook. So facebook.com or twitter.com, or think of any sort of entity or website like that, would be centralized, but it's also the opposite of distributed. And I tried to wreck my brain about what is the antonym of that. I came up with concentrated. So facebook.com is centralized because Facebook controls it. And it's also um, concentrated because all the data remains within Facebook's network. A second example is cloud storage. So we've got Google Drive, you've got Microsoft SkyDrive, Dropbox, iCloud. That is obviously centralized as well. So for example, if you're uploading photos to iCloud, Apple maintains control of all of that but it is actually distributed. So it's not actually in one central location. So it's dispersed and you've probably got three or four copies of that photo across the globe. So there's probably one at Apple's head office. There may be one in your geographical location. So that might be say Asia, for example, and they may have a backup data center in say Africa. So you've got multiple copies of those files in different locations. So it's centralized, but it is distributed. Bitcoin, as we already know, is decentralized because no one miner or what we call a node controls the network, but it's also distributed. And that's what a peer-to-peer -peer network is. And I can answer the first question pretty easily in terms of privacy and what other people can and can't see. Nothing secret. So we're sharing this ledger. This ledger is meant to be public. So there's actually no notion of, okay, if I join the Bitcoin network as a miner or these people who are sharing and validating this distributed ledger, they might see my information or they might see my files or whatnot, but you're not sharing files. You're not sharing personal information. You're sharing a public ledger. So it doesn't actually matter whether other people can see your files or not. And in fact, Bitcoin wouldn't work if you couldn't see and validate the other ledgers from the other people on the network. So by design, Bitcoin is public and open. It is decentralized, but it's also distributed, which means there's nothing to hide. Do you want to learn how to safely buy and securely store your Bitcoins? Coincompass.com is running a free two-hour webinar on Sunday, 31st of May. To register and for more details, visit coincompass.com forward slash webinar. Sorry, Gords. So just a clarification on the example you're giving about Apple. When So with cloud storage. So my understanding is that when I record things on the cloud, that is basically just being sent across to an Apple computer, a mainframe somewhere in California. 
What do you mean when you say it could have a backup center in Africa and then somewhere in Asia? Is that an Apple backup center in Africa and in Asia, or is it not Apple affiliated? No, no, that's Apple's data centers. So Apple will have data centers in Europe, Australasia, uh, North America, South America, Africa. I don't know the exact internal workings of iCloud, for example, but your photo that you're uploading is definitely in three, maybe five separate locations. Okay. So my photo is being uploaded to Apple, but Apple would be having a copy of that in more than one location. So that is still centralized, but distributed. Is that what you're saying? Correct. Yep. Correct. Whereas with Bitcoin, it is not centralized, but it is distributed. Well, Bitcoin, yeah, Bitcoin is cent- decentralized. Yes, no one controls or no one owns that piece of data because it's public. Okay, thank you. Sorry, that was just a clarification I wanted to make there. He's asking, basically, how is it that it can be decentralized, that the blockchain exists, that everyone's confirming it, but you can't see what's in, like, you can't see what is in everyone's wallet. So how can you confirm a Bitcoin transaction when you can't see everything in that wallet? That, that was my understanding of the question. Uh, okay. Um, well, you don't need to see what's in people's wallets because every single transaction is on this distributed ledger. So you can't hide a transaction. It's public and it's completely knowable. So you may have a Bitcoin wallet with one Bitcoin in it, and that one Bitcoin may have been three separate transactions. You receive, you know, 0.3, and 0.4 from various friends. That equates to one Bitcoin. Those three transactions are on the distributed ledger or the blockchain, which is public and verifiable and everyone's sharing it. So there, there's a video we came across on YouTube and we've used it in our presentations and we'll, we'll put a link to this and it explains the Yip culture. They lived in a Pacific island and fascinating the, the way they manage money. And it was basically every villager would memorize how, who lent money to whom. And if one person would say, hey, you still owe me X amount, they would go to another villager and say, hang on, did this happen? They'd say no. So it was a distributed memory. So Bitcoin, I think, works in the same way. And I, I really urge people just to click on the YouTube link that we'll put up because it just explains this so well. Um, because once you understand distributed, it really helps understand Bitcoin and it helps understand the previous podcast where we talked about regulation as well. Um, so Gordon's, um, explanation is really good in that your data with Facebook is owned by Facebook. Your iCloud, um, photos are owned by Apple. Bitcoin is not owned by one person. The ledger is shared by everyone. It's verified by everyone. Is that a fair summary, Gordon? Yeah, at the end of the day, there's nothing to hide. Everything is public. And as I said before, Bitcoin couldn't actually work if, for example, you were sharing particular information in your Bitcoin wallet that wasn't shared with others because then the public ledger would break down. You'd, you'd fragment it and there'd be different parts of it and different parts are correct, different parts are incorrect. So it's just one giant spreadsheet that everyone has access to. It's public, it's open. There's nothing actually to hide. There's no data to actually 
protect. Um, just, to, just as a slight note, when you do join the Bitcoin network as a miner, or what we call these people who validate the um, every transaction, the this distributed ledger, um, those that there's no data to hide because everyone's sharing the same thing. But the only thing that possibly people could glean from you, and uh, this question may be about, well, what if I join the Bitcoin network? Someone could, you know, look at my hard drive and my files and stuff like that. Well, you can't do that. But the only thing that it does give away in terms of privacy is your IP address. So if you do join the Bitcoin network, um, other nodes or other computers connecting to probably know your IP address, which is a vague rep- representation of your uh, location. Okay. Can you hide that with a VPN? You can. Uh, VPN's pretty slow. So what people use is this network called Tor, which basically is a, an anonymous network. So anyone connecting to your computer and you connect to another computer doesn't really know your IP address. They don't really know where you are. You could be next door. You could be across the other half of the world. Um, that that anon- anonymizes your connection. Cool. All right. So we're going to tackle the first part of this question, which is SHA-256. Um, but we'll do that as a second podcast because I know this is meant to be a Bitcoin basics one and we're, we are getting into some intricate technical details here. Um, so anything to say, anything to add, Gordon, before we log off for this one and tackle the first half of this question later? No, keep the questions coming. Coincompass.com slash ask. And uh, you may also find some other interesting things like our free newsletters, video guides, ebooks, and even an upcoming webinar. Yeah, so if you're interested in buying Bitcoin safely and storing it securely, please, we, have, we are running a free webinar. It's our first free webinar. Um, they will be charged thereafter. So yeah, as Gordon said, go to coincompass.com forward slash webinar. Thanks for watching or listening. Please visit coincompass.com slash free to register to our socials and discover other free content. Subscribing, liking, and following helps this content remain ad-free. Until next time.